Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Behind the Headlines. On this episode, we are talking to award-winning photojournalists here at MLive about the work they've done in the last year that is all up for awards coming or awards that they've already won, and in general, what the art of photojournalism has become in the modern era. It's a fascinating conversation I'm sure you will love, and so let's get into the podcast. So here we go. Talking photos, talking photojournalism. Our guest today, Katie Boomers, Corey Morse, and Jake May. And as always, Vice President of Content, John Heiner. John, how are you today? Well, Eric, now that you're back from vacation, all is well. Glad to hear it. <laughs> Everything equilibrium is uh, restored in the podcast universe. So welcome, <laughs> welcome back. Yes. I hope that you had a relaxing time off. I did. And if I may start this podcast on a personal tangent, uh, last work week was not, you know, wasn't going to rank in my top 10 ever. It was not a great, but the very last thing that happened on Friday afternoon before the work week ended is I got my message that I'm scheduled for my first coronavirus shot. So nice work. I know it's, I was on like five different lists and, and, and it finally, I finally hit the jackpot. So I'm still working on mega millions next, but (laughs) I am getting my shot this week at the big house. And so I'm excited about that. Very cool. So I maybe will be around for our podcast guests for years to come. I hope so. Anyways, without further ado, uh, I'd like to introduce our guests this week on the podcast. Uh, and we have a, we have a photography theme today um, and we'll get into the reasons why, but uh, first I'd like to introduce from uh, our Grand Rapids office from live Corey Morse, who's been a photographer there for more than 20 years. Good morning, Corey. Good morning. And then must shoot across the state uh, to Flint, Michigan, and the inimitable Jake May, who's been on our show before. Uh, Jake's been with us, I think, counting your internship, with 14 years, and then you came back, and you've you've been with us now eight, eight years full time. So, good morning, Jake. Welcome to Behind the Headlines. Good morning. And then we're going to go up the I-75 a little bit to Saginaw and Bay City and uh, a second time visitor to our podcast, uh, photographer up there, Katie Boomer. Welcome, Katie. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, So the theme, not just photography, but it's award season in journalism. And we've got some good news lately um, for much of our staff. And we'll be getting more because uh, some more awards are going to be announced here pretty soon. But we're always we have great photographers all over the state. We always acquit ourselves well, um, but we've got some really good news this year. I'm going to start with with Jake May. Um, Jake is like united all the title belts in photography. He is a national photographer of the year by the National uh, Press Photographers Association for uh, small markets for the third time in four years. And for the fourth time, uh, he was just named the Michigan Photographer of the Year by the uh, MPPA. So congratulations, Jake, on that. Thanks. <laughs> proud to work at MLive and proud to share Michigan stories on a daily basis. So, yeah. And then Corey uh, over in Grand Rapids, we just and they announced the finalists for the Associated Press Awards um, for work done last year. And Corey is a finalist for six awards. He's going to be getting six awards. We don't know the placements yet, but we do know that he's going to sweep the best picture story or photo story category. Congratulations, Corey, on that. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. 
And then Katie, Katie's a finalist for four awards in the same competition. But I think interestingly, and we could talk about this a little bit more too, uh, she's a finalist for two of the three placements in best video. So Katie, congratulations for that. Thank you. Yes. Also happy to be working in Michigan and sharing the stories of the community. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go start off uh, with our gray beard over there. Corey Morris has been with us for, for over 20 years. I'm actually the true gray beard. As you, our, our listeners can't see the video, but that's me. But uh, hey, Corey, how are, how are, how have things changed for photographers and over those couple of decades that you've been working? And I don't mean just, you know, like dark rooms and technical stuff, but how has the job changed for a journalist? Yeah, well, actually, that was the first thing I was going to say was that I truly did start in dark rooms for real. Um, and, you know, like seriously, like covering, like, you know, like I remember like in college, like we would turn hotel like bathrooms into dark rooms and process our film. <laughs> seriously, and you no, know, here we are in the digital world. Um, so it has changed quite a bit, but, um, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, like, I would say, like, you know, I, I don't think that we expected a year like 2020, um, you know, like, you know, 20 years ago, if you say, like, all the things that, you know, that we've experienced over the last, like, year or so, like a pandemic and and everything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I would just say, like, the community's changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll throw it out to all three of you, but, you know, like, e- even the equipment, uh, what's expected of a photojournalist, how, how, how has that evolved? I mean, I can start. Um, honestly, there's, there's just a lot of, I think, in a digital world, and even not just uh, speaking from the camera's perspective, but how we consume news or social media and how we kind of just, as, as people in this world, we're, we're just so hungry. Like there's an insatiable amount of need, right? So like for us, it's more photos, it's more videos. It's how can we continue to, to feed the beast? And I mean that in the sense of like the mind that we are all, I think we're just all students of the world now constantly. And people just don't know how to, a lot of people don't know how to turn off their, um, their brains. I'm setting my phone aside at night a little more often to try to help, you know, clear my head, walk my dog, uh, because I think it's helping me, especially amidst 2020. But I think when it comes to our jobs, uh, as photojournalists, um, you know, it keeps us really head on a swivel. Like it's, that's always been the case, but I think more and more you see, um, that, you know, people want to see this, uh, you know, the video from, um, you know, this boxing match paired with a few of the best photos paired with, you know, mm-hmm. this podcast, <laughs> you know, I think paired there's with some social media embeds. Or right. And just, and just video. how, and how, you know, and that's the thing, you know, like, I think there's a lot of people using TikTok as a way, uh, you know, I think any type of social media, any type of interaction online nowadays, it gets turned into, um, storytelling you know and i think that's what we really are we're all storytellers uh we just picked a visual medium and so it's uh, a growing medium in how we kind of all communicate yeah we it's interesting when we started m live media group um well, there were a couple things going on. One is we switched from primarily print world to digital or merged the two. There was some emphasis on reimagining job, not just the responsibilities, but the titles and how we referred to ourselves. And we even toyed with like, is there a different word for a reporter? And really there's not. But uh, <laughs> I remember at the time we came up, 
for a photographer, multimedia specialist. And at the, at the time, it was a little bit aspirational because we weren't doing a ton of video at the time. And it was, I think it was an emerging storytelling form, but we've, we've really come a long way with that. And, you know, in that regard, Katie, you're a finalist for two of the three best videos last year in, in Michigan in our division that you work in. And, you know, what's the mindset going into a story when you go on an assignment? Um, what are you thinking first in terms of storytelling? Sure. So being a multimedia specialist, I constantly go into an assignment or a situation thinking of exactly what a reporter would do. How are you going to lay out the story? How are you going to share what you're seeing to the readers or the watchers in video case? Um, so basically, I just take all the images I would imagine, and then I turn that into video form. <laughs> um, lay out a story with, you know, layer some interviews in, get some B-roll. You don't want to, hopefully you don't want to look at a talking head the whole time. So hopefully there's some interesting B-roll going on mm -hmm. at the scene. That's really important too. Um, but basically, yeah, it all just boils down to figuring out how to tell a story with those two photo and video media forms. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Corey, you've, you've done some, obviously sweeping the picture story or photo story category there's a there's some kind of art to that um you but you've also done some really nice video work in the past year and so you know as someone who started with still photography how have you learned and incorporated that into the mindset you take for telling stories yeah, that's a really good question. I, I love to do video because it's just another way to tell stories um, in ways that, you know, a single image um, can't always do because you can get like the audio of what's going on and you can see, um, you know, it's just something about a video, um, you know, documenting a situation. Um, you know, for example, um, you know, like a house, a house fell into Lake Michigan and, you know, um, because of the high water levels last year and just being able to fly a drone over it and just to get a different kind of angle. It's, it's, um, in the past, we would have to take a plane if you wanted to do something mm -hmm. like that. So the, you know, the tools that we have, um, to evolve, to, to tell, to show the stories of our community, it's, it's really helped quite a bit. Yeah, the flooding we had in um, up by Midland last May, which was really devastating. And both Katie and Jake have been on talking about that story. Uh, we did at the time. And I believe we, drone footage was instrumental to showing the, the, the immensity of what happened up there. And Jake did some amazing stuff on the ground, too. But Katie, were you the drone pilot uh, for that? I was, yeah. And Neil Blake as well. I'm pretty sure he flew while he came up with Jake. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, both of us, definitely instrumental just to show, you know, you want to be up above the dam to show what it looked like when it breached. You know, it was mm -hmm. a, it's a whole different view from up in the sky, definitely. Well, as I'm sitting here when we're talking, I'm thinking about when I came up in journalism, it was pretty one dimensional. A reporter had a notebook and, you know, we typed, and I even 
I'm going to go way back, but my very first job, I was on an electric typewriter. So, um, you know, it was pretty straightforward and photography was the camera in the dark room, but I'm just listening to the skills that you have had to incorporate into your jobs. And so how have the demands, you know, and, and you still have to work with editors and reporters as well. Right. So, you know, Jake, how does that work? How do you, how do you incorporate all of those elements into a cohesive whole. And obviously as the uh, four time Michigan photographer of the year and three out of the last four years, uh, excuse me, three out of the last four years for national photographer of the year, four time Michigan photographer of the year, you, you're able to put all those things together. It all starts with a good cup of coffee in the morning and making sure your dog goes outside and goes to the bathroom. I'll be honest. <laughs> That's the start of any Focus good day. Focus on the fundamentals. <laughs> any good day. <laughs> but that's a true statement, though. I mean, I do think focusing on the fundamentals, as we're talking about all of this uh, with the new technology, I think <clears throat> what gets lost is there's still a base um, and a core that we all hold true in what we do as journalists. Uh, and when we're and for me, it's uh, it's listening, it's being present, it's uh, being available to the people we're interviewing and understanding where the photos, what photos need to be taken what video should be taken um, that can help accelerate and improve uh, our window into these lives of anyone in our community that we're telling stories about. Um, honestly, I think that really is the, the key. Now I can give you like a day in the life scenario yesterday because uh, I was the only photographer on in our region. Um, Katie was off, uh, happy birthday by the way, last week, Katie. Um, but, uh, Ultimately, I was on my way to my first assignment and I actually got a call from my editor that there was uh, a shooting uh, in Burton and I was on my way to Burton for uh, a separate feature story assignment um, on a former prisoner uh, who is uh, becoming a brand ambassador at a uh, weed organization. <laughs> um, and his name is Michael Thompson. He's actually doing it on the platform of prison reform because he was actually charged uh, or like released after 20 plus years, 26 years um, after uh, having uh, had marijuana charges put him in, in the first place. Uh, so ultimately, um, so I'm on my way there, but then there was a, there was a shooting, a neighborhood dispute um, where one person was sent to the hospital. So I jumped quick there, took a video, uh, while I was there, uploaded that from my phone while taking pictures, got back in my car, communicate with my editor for the five minute drive that I've got that the videos up and uh, let the reporter know that the gallery will be in after I get done with the other assignment, hop in, take some picture of the marijuana and Michael separately, can't be in the same photo, probation. But uh, ultimately, uh, then I went back to a Panera Bread, quickly turned both <laughs> galleries out, filed a 25 picture file gallery on a, a horse raceway that's closing down in the area, uh, hopped on a messaging call for all of our team to connect. Uh, we do once or twice a week, excuse me, to kind of figure out all the rest of the stories that are going on for the week. Went home again, made sure my dog went to the bathroom, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, grabbed myself a little something to eat, and then went to a doubleheader basketball game where the Flint Powers Catholic JV basketball team played in place of the varsity team yeah, because of COVID protocols and story. won. 
Yeah, and one, they pulled a girl out of retirement uh, who was going to go to volleyball or be a volleyball player for Central Michigan. She's a junior right now, and she had a career high thirty points last night. So, like, ultimately, like, day in the life, like, you can hear it in my voice a little bit. I'm chipper. I mean, like, <laughs> I saw a lot. Of, I saw a lot of the community yesterday. It was awesome, and uh, and it was just really cool to just. Uh, you know, just taking so many different stories and, and it's all, like I said earlier, your head's on a swivel, but I really think like you're just constantly moving. So you're looking for new and interesting ways to tell the story best. And it's a playground, man. Like the communities are just a big playground that you can uh, enjoy as long as you are uh, good to your neighbors and they'll want to play with you, you know? So, well, uh, Corey and Katie, uh, you have to top that now. So <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, you know, I know. And one of the things that Jake was inherent in what he was talking about, uh, is number one, we're not staff like we used to be 20 years ago. And Corey, you know, that we used to have a lot more photographers and reporters and we were able to spend more time maybe on assignments. And I know now how you're stretched across every topic, sports, news, life and culture, the feature stories and doing drones and videos and, and all of that. But, um, you know, one of the things that he touched on was how we're working virtually. And why don't you talk a little bit about that, uh, Katie or Corey, about uh, how that's changed the demands on a photographer or things that you've had to learn in order to work in this this virtual era. Um, you definitely have to be fine with working out of your vehicle. So um, you, you want to try to put as many things in your car that you can possibly, like you try to think ahead, like what happens if my computer dies? So you want to make sure you've got like a computer charger in your car and like an extra battery charger for your camera gear. And, um, you know, you just try to make your car as comfortable as possible because it's like your mobile office. And, um, you know, and then during the pandemic, you also need to make like a, like right now I'm kind of working on in my basement. It's, you know, quiet and it's, I've set it up in a way where, you know, it's been, um, you know, a good atmosphere, I think, to work in. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's just a matter of literally just kind of evolving and adapting to, you know, what's going on. Katie, um, what are the challenges of covering a whole region like that? challenges vary i guess i mean just like jake was touching on it we have we can have five to six assignments in a day and then the next day comes a little slower it's really an ebb and flow kind of situation um but for covering bay city and saginaw and, and the our surrounding regions like midland and whatnot it's i don't know it, it i think it works somehow mm -hmm. <laughs> um I think that we've, as a team, and especially being more virtual, it's been easy to keep in contact now that we're used to never meeting in person. It's just constant, you know, calls, messages. Um, since we're so in tune with that, I think it makes it much easier to hop around, get the, get what the reporters need, get what we need, and make sure everything is covered properly. Well, number one, it's people like me get their vaccinations will move quicker to being back together again. And I really it's been over a year. It's crazy even to think about, but uh, miss seeing all of our employees in their natural work habitats in the office. But uh, the work that we've been able to do across them live virtually has been uh, very proud of. It. It's been astounding. And uh, we have maxed out our tools that we use like Teams, um, virtual chats and, and planning budget 
editing and all that stuff. Uh, we've learned a lot and I think it's going to do us well in the future, but I still really look forward to getting back in the office. Um, real quick. Well, who has the best free Wi-Fi out there? You mentioned Panera. <laughs> I, I like their food, uh, but uh, where do you guys, where do you, do you tend just to work from your cars or Wi-Fi hotspots? Libraries are really good. Like when the pandemic's over, <laughs> like seriously though, because it's free, you can go in there. You usually can find a quiet spot to work. Um, libraries are my favorite. Otherwise, like sometimes like I'll like go to like McDonald's. Is that usually a pretty good spot for Wi-Fi for me? Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of, oh, sorry, John, go ahead. No, I was, uh, I was only half joking, but go ahead. Oh, well, it's, it's our reality, right? So <laughs> I would say we, uh, um, I end up trying to find, uh, especially if I'm in towns that I don't, I'm not familiar with. I try to look up the local coffee shops, uh, a lot. So I get a taste and flavor of the town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, generally even pre and hopefully then post pandemic, you know, I think, Ultimately, it gives you, you get to know somebody, you might find a new story that you didn't know about just by talking to the barista. Um, you might see somebody come in and overhear something if you're there for uh, 35, 45 minutes while turning out a couple things. So um, it does give you a little, I don't know, I like, you know, I've Cafe Rama here in Flint, I've been to quite a bit. Um, and they're just right downtown, but even Good Beans Cafe, which is around the corner. Um, you know, just let me promo all the Flint coffee shops because they're great. But. <laughs> well, also you get, you guys have all probably shot some stuff for Michigan's best. So, you know, where the best food is and the best donut and the best, best of everything. Um, hey, Eric, you know, in the Grammys, we're going to sometime have a conversation offline. You're going to tell me the difference between album of the year, record of the year and song of the year. Cause I have no friggin' idea. And I'm, I'm a big music fan, but we have all these categories of awards too. And we're in award season. Um, the, the awards I referenced were, uh, the, the Press Photographers Association's awards, plus the Michigan Associated Press. And then this Thursday, we're going to hear from the Michigan Press Association with their awards. So uh, I, I expect uh, these three to, to get some uh, more accolades and uh, Live employees as well. We're up for some papers of the year and things of that nature. But uh, in the categories, just the distinctions in these categories, um, pretty clear what best video is. But when you get into a photo story, and Corey, you're obviously the best at this in Michigan because you swept that category. But what goes into a photo story uh, entry and what goes into like a, approaching a photo story? Is it start with working with a reporter or something that you see in the community that you want to document and tell that story? Yeah, no. Um you know, that's a really good question. I guess, you know, depending on what it is, you just try to figure out like, you know, honestly, like I just try to document what I see um, and and then kind of go from there and just see kind of where the story goes. So you kind of start off with like, you know, here's like a potential or an opportunity for a story. And then and then I just kind of go in and document and see, see how it develops. Like, you know, a good example, um, last year I covered um, the Muskegon football team season. They were, um, you know, considered to be one of the best teams in the country and followed them all the way through, you know, the season until they ended up losing their last game in the state championship. But you mm-hmm. just kind of like, you just kind of like follow the team and see where it goes, you know? Um, whereas like, you know, like last year, it was like harder to be, to tell more intimate stories because of the pandemic. But, you know, we did do that. Like we partnered with the New York Times to do, um, you know, like a, a a feature on a woman who was furloughed in Grand Rapids. And I, um, she was furloughed in March and then they told her that she could come back to work in October. So, you know, it's a huge stretch there, but you know, um, it, it's hard to, to go into people's houses. You know, I did go in there and, you know, I wore a mask the whole time, but 
you know, in 2020, it was it was difficult to to get to get some of the the personal moments like behind the scenes that we normally have access to. And Jake, obviously, you and I have talked and you're a lot about your passion for your community and, and doing your job in a way that reflects the heart and soul of that that community. But when you're putting together a an entry or portfolio for these, these national and state competitions, you know, what are you, what are you looking for to show the, the nature and cross section of your work? Sure. I mean, I definitely think, uh, weaving a portfolio together is a skill in its own. Um, because I think you have to look from photo to photo. So my, my portfolio for let's say for the national, uh, photographer of the year was 40, I think it was like 40 images. And so I had three photo stories and I had about eight or so singles, single images from different assignments. Um, I look for, I look for how I want to be, uh, not necessarily me myself, but how Flint and I both want to be represented, I guess, too. Like mm-hmm. the reality of what Flint is. Uh, I always talk about dual realities. It's like the reality that of, what we are and what people don't realize we are like the there's also the idea of like the perception of what people think flint is versus what it it really is Mm -hmm. and we talked about that before so ultimately like i want to make sure that i'm um showcasing the community but i also want to make but it's also while still being honest and true to our our purpose both as journalists but as a society and what we live so um but image to image, it's all about different compositions. You don't want to have, you know, eight images in a row that literally have somebody right in the middle of the picture uh, and they're the same distance from the camera. It's all about uh, physical distance and uh, beautiful color palettes and the idea of just like time of the day, emotional uh, ambiance and the purpose of of humans you know i think ultimately it's just like that the heart of the work should show through uh what you do and how you see the world and how the world's reflected back through the lens and so a lot of uh, i'm trying to think i did an isolation portrait series uh that we all did a little bit of too uh which was part of that portfolio but then i even you know i had a photo story of COVID, just the experience of through number of daily assignments it was just you know a hundredth birthday where a woman was drinking uh, beer out of a miller light uh through a straw you know uh as well as just the nature of uh the realities of what we saw with like you know uh nurses going in and out of work and mm-hmm. um trying to visit your your loved ones your parents in a nursing home and uh but then even just kids doing homework in in their homes it's everything we lived you know and it's and it's trying to try to weave that together in a way um that isn't just uh you know not just what you saw right in front of you necessarily but also in a way that um makes you feel something it makes you understand like have have like a little you know an opportunity for yourself to reflect on what you experienced in any of those hopefully you can connect with somebody in uh 10 or 12 photos something's going to spark you know mm-hmm. well i appreciate the art and the craft that go into it and the vision and the passion one thing too we haven't even talked about but i'll just touch on quickly is you guys too are veteran 
hardcore journalists. I mean, when there's breaking news, whether it was the flood or you know, the, the Clarissa Shields weigh in where there was an attack and all of a sudden it's chaos. Um, and I just want to, we're talking about awards, but a very meaningful award, a couple of meaningful awards here that I haven't even mentioned is uh, Jake was a finalist, a final three for the Pulitzer in 2017, which is, uh, you know, very proud of you, Jake, for that. And M live is, uh, we're lucky to have you, but uh, also Corey, took one of the most iconic photos of the Larry Nasser period uh, was uh, finished second in an international photo competition when a, a parent like lost his mind in anger uh, when um, it looked like Nasser was sneering at him at court as parent of a victim and he attacked him. And uh, it, it, you know, the frozen image of like four or five people like leaping in action and, and Nasser cowering was uh, I think that was one of the most, memorable photos of that entire sordid you know period with nasser and it's a, a working journalist has to be there and has to document that they can't miss that photo and of course you didn't so uh great work there um well we're getting near the end here behind the headlines and uh i'd like to wrap with just a kind of an open-ended question to all of you the iphone era which started in 2007 it's like now I think I'm a photographer, right? I got an Instagram account and I, I got 45,000 photos in my cloud. And, you know, everybody's a photographer. Is, is the advent of that kind of digital photography for the mass has been for good for professional journalism? Is it changed professional journalism? It's a great competition. Um, how, you know, how do, how do you get through the noise of all that and, and still do meaningful journalism? I'll hop in. <laughs> um, I, I'll say uh, more pictures are being taken today than ever in the history of Maine, right? It's no question. The technology, what's in your hands, it's available in your pocket. Uh, heck, I have more photos on my phone, taken on my phone than I have with my actual camera just because even just taking it out when I'm like, I'm walking my dog. Shout out to Roxy. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, no, but I think ultimately, uh, that's probably helped if you think about how you build we're, stu we're all students right of what we do and who we are what we see and it's probably helped built a visual literacy for everyone to have an idea of what it means to take a picture mm -hmm. and the beauty of that is there's no wrong way to take a picture to be honest i think that's like photography is an ever-evolving thing photojournalism is really pretty young when you look when you look at the history of the world like i said we're just storytellers and we're lucky to do it so the way that uh the way that we've been documenting through as journalists for the last you know 130 something years here in flint uh at the journal you know photography in itself has seen a number of errors uh and and wasn't even there at the beginning uh, necessarily not like it is now that's for sure right. so i would just say grab your camera and get inspired and follow the people that, you know, just look around and follow people that inspire you. Because, uh, I mean, that's why I like talking with Katie and Corey every day. Um, you know, I get to look at their work and then see something in a way that I didn't, I wouldn't have shot a photo the same way, you know, and that's the beauty of it, uh, is that we learn from each other and we, we inspire and motivate each other. So, and I do the same thing with anyone on Instagram. I follow non-journalists all the time, like, and even just photographers, there's a, uh, I'll try to look it up if I can shout it out if people want to follow him. But there's a great waves photographer out of Hawaii. Uh, and all he does is just like underwater and wave photography. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
when I retire, that sounds great, but that's going to be in like 50 years. So (laughs) good, good for us. Thank you all three of you for joining me today. Uh, Eric, I do have an idea for a future podcast. Um, now that everyone's taken all these photos for the last 15 years, how come we don't have a good photo of a UFO yet? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> We've got a, like a trillion pictures of cats and, and all kinds of selfies and things, but no one's gotten a good shot of a UFO. So we're gonna have to come back to that at some point, but uh, very proud. Uh, we got some more awards coming up. So uh, we'll find out where our placements are in those and, and how we do, but the, the work we, you guys do every day from live. It's fantastic. And I appreciate you taking the time to be on behind the headlines today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Definitely appreciate it, John. Thank you. And thank you, Eric. And there they go. Big thanks to Katie, Corey, and Jake May for joining us and talking about photography in the modern age. Real quick show note, um, you know, John asked about the difference between record and song and album of the year. And so in case you were wondering, I didn't want to derail the whole podcast, but the difference is record of the year is for the artist, song of the year is for the songwriter, and album of the year is for the, obviously, body of work. So now you know. All right, as usual, if you like what we're doing, please like like, share, and review wherever you get this podcast. And until next week, I'm Eric Halkrin, he is John Heiner, and this is Behind the Headlines.